Hey, it's Bethany. Before I get into today's Essential Rock for Leadership, I wanted to update you on an exciting new opportunity. So many of you have reached out expressing how overwhelmed you are as leaders, especially you new leaders out there. I hear you. And I am so excited to tell you about my new on-demand course, Leadership on the Rocks, The Survival Guide. In this online course, you'll learn everything you need to know to overcome overwhelm and implement clear strategies and tactics to, one, feel confident, two, create a great work culture, three, develop efficient ways of working, four, produce results, and five, find harmony between your work and home life. Most leadership courses are all theory, but but that's not how we roll at Leadership on the Rocks. We'll cover the most essential leadership strategies and tactics that you can implement at work tomorrow. I'll be unlocking this course soon, so be sure to join the waitlist so you can receive your loyal listener discount. Go to my website, leadershipontherocks.com. That's leadershipontherocks.com. And click the Join the Waitlist button, or click on the link in the show notes. So no matter what the status of your project or team are in now, it's your job to make sure it doesn't stay there. Diversify your investment of resources around your priorities and watch growth happen. When we mismanage our time and our priorities, we are not making wise investments in our team and we're gonna run the risk of losing valuable employees. Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn how embracing the idea of stewardship will help you grow your team and your results. Okay, confession time. Have you ever done any of the following? Cheated on a diet not wash the dishes after cooking dinner, or not done a single thing on your to-do list for the day because you chose to binge watch TV instead. Well, maybe you've done some of these things too. One, scramble to clean your house before company comes over, stayed late to help your boss with the project, or went above and beyond in hosting an event. Now, if you can say yes to any of these things like I can, and <laughs> actually I can say yes to all of these, then chances are you're just like the average person. Sorry, you're average. Average, as in our level of effort, tends to go up when we do things for other people, and our level of effort tends to go down when we do things for ourselves. And this can even extend, honestly, to our immediate families. You know, I will feed my own family corn dogs and frozen pizza, but then I'm going to cook a fully healthy, you know, five-course meal for extended family and friends. So why do you think that we humans typically adjust our level of effort based upon who or what we're working for? Now, some say we may adjust our efforts just for the show of it, right? And yeah, that may have a little to do with it, but I actually think it's deeper than that. I think it has to do with stewardship or how we care for others and their things versus how we care for ourselves and our things. And I think we're much better at taking care of other people's stuff than our own, which sounds like the right thing to do, so it really isn't a problem, right? But (laughs) before we leaders go and pat ourselves on the back, 
what I do think is the problem that we actually claim more stuff as ours than we actually should. The truth as I know it now is that most people say phrases like my job, my team, my family, and even my skills. And sure, they're not necessarily wrong to say those things, but I do have to ask, are those things really ours? I mean, do we own them? Or do they belong to someone else and we're just entrusted to be good stewards of them? Stewardship is the act of taking care of something that belongs to someone else. And stewardship is essential rock number six. You see, as a Leadership on the Rocks community, together, we're learning that selfishness can't play any part in our leadership. But maybe, and just maybe, (laughs) all leaders are a little bit selfish in how we view our departments, our teams, our projects, and even our skill sets. But the truth is that our job isn't ours. It's a position that has been given to us because of our promise that we're going to take care of it. We're going to take care of the people. We're going to take care of the assigned responsibilities. But here's another truth bomb for you. You and I, we're not going to stay in these current jobs forever. Now, whether it's because of retirement, promotion, or a transfer, at some point, you and I are going to be passing our current position on to someone else. And here's another thing. Our team, it's not ours either. Again, this group of people have been entrusted to us and we're responsible for leading them to success. And the people on this team, they don't stay forever. I mean, how many of you have gone through transitions where new hires come in and people leave? Changes happen. Transitions happen and people move. You only have a short amount of time to influence the team in front of you right now. (laughs) I feel like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. (laughs) There's more truth coming. Your family, my family, it isn't ours either. Our children are a gift from God that he entrusted to us to care for and raise up so that when they leave our homes, that they know the Lord and they can take care of their own families. So those of you listening that have noisy little toddlers or even mouthy teenagers, their time under your roof and your influence is already counting down. And y'all, if I can just have a moment, (laughs) never have I felt the responsibility of stewardship so deeply than this year. Our son's a senior, and this week they went back to school for his senior year, and my heart honestly feels like it's in sheer panic mode as I think about all the things that I still have left to teach him before he moves off on his own, which as of now, and I'm trying not to cry as I say this, looks like him joining the military and living God knows where. Huh. The reality is that our 17-year-old son and our 12-year-old daughter aren't ours. We were entrusted with raising them for 18 years. And yes, I know that our influence can extend beyond that, but they're in our home and our rules for 18 years. So you see, all the things that we leaders claim as ours, we can sometimes take for granted because they're not really ours to begin with. So with essential rock number six, let's look at how we can develop the mindset and skill set of stewardship so that we care for the people and the things that have been entrusted to our care and our leadership. And here's why the essential rock of stewardship matters, and it can't be skipped. Having a mindset of and a skill set in stewardship makes us better leaders. Like I mentioned earlier, our level of effort tends to increase when we know we're caring for something or someone that belongs to another person. 
So let's make sure we have the proper perspective in how we view our jobs, our teams, or even our families. Let's not give a lower level of effort towards these precious positions and people. Or even worse, let's not take them for granted because we see them as ours. As leaders that build our life and leadership on the essential rocks, let's remember essential rock number six, stewardship. All that we have is given from God, and we are to be good stewards in caring for them. So today, let's break down the three steps of stewardship. As leaders who are good stewards, we are to one, assess, two, invest, and three, be accountable for all the people and things entrusted to our leadership. By assessing, investing, and being accountable, we will be better stewards for all that is entrusted to us. Once we as leaders have the proper perspective of stewardship, meaning we know that the people and projects we lead aren't actually ours, we can begin to take a more humble and hardworking approach in becoming good stewards and caring for them. And taking the position of steward changes our attitude and our level of effort. Again, it's just in our nature to increase our level of effort when it comes to caring for other people's things versus our own. Once we have the correct perspective and step into our role as stewards, there's three things we need to do well. Assess, invest, and be accountable. First, assess the job, team, and stakeholders or project that we've been given. Second, We need to invest in resources so positive growth is actually made. And third, we need to be accountable for the results under our leadership. Now let's get started with step one. To grow in our role as stewards, we first need to assess what we've been given. (laughs) Assess, assessment, those are words that can honestly make you shiver. And I want you to stay with me now. I truly believe that the word assess or assessment may have been given a bad rap, because it almost has become a negative or bad word in our vocabulary. I mean, maybe we all have just a little bit of PTSD from our school days and the stress and anxiety we felt about tests or those high-stake assessments in school. But assessments or assessing isn't a negative thing. It's really not. Assessing actually means three things. First, to take an account of or simply just to make a list of what we're in charge of. Second, to look for the good qualities already obtained within that list. And then third, now we're looking at the gaps of those things so we know our next course of action. Honestly, assessing is a pretty neutral transaction process. It's just our own minds that add in all the emotion because of our natural bend to negativity and that feeling of judgment. We don't like to be judged. So In being a good steward and caring for the position, the team, or the project we've been given, we really do need to assess what we're actually in charge of. During our assessment, we need three things. First, we need to have clearly defined lists of responsibilities. Second and third, we need to know the good things currently happening, as well as the gaps, yes, the gaps that we need to close so that positive growth is actually made under our leadership. And I just can't help but go, ah, clarity of our role and responsibilities. Why? Because you've heard me say it again and again and again. Most problems at work and at home are caused by a lack of communication, a lack of clarity. We build stories and assumptions all the time, and then we act upon them as if they were true. And it's all just in our head. 
Your boss is going to have expectations of you in your leadership role that he or she may or may not express. So don't let the lack of communication between you and your boss cause failure in your stewardship or the care for your team or project because of all the assumptions you made about who's actually responsible for what. Now, when you take on a leadership role, you need to have a clear picture of what you're actually tasked with caring for. So you got to take charge. You got to seek clarity in your own role. Next, look for the good within what you're a steward of and what you're taking care of. Our natural bend is always towards negativity, drama, and train wrecks. We don't necessarily want to be in the drama, but we sure as heck want to watch it, right? But the drama, the negativity, that's what's keeping us in a ball of stress and anxiety and maybe even a little panicky. We tend to focus so much on the negative that we completely overlook the positive. We tend to overlook the good, the blessings. But we can assess the situations, the things, or the people by looking for the positive elements first. It just takes practice and intentionality. So for example, don't look at the assigned project and groan and be like, oh, it's got so much work. I have to do this, 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 and this. Instead, look at the good. Man, this, uh, this project I've been assigned, it's really going to solve a problem. And the solution that I'm going to come up with is going to be such a blessing for other people. Wow, that is a completely different way to look at a project. So here's another example. It's so easy to complain about the people we work with and we talk about the skill sets that they lack and how they're making our job so much harder. But instead, try putting on the lens of finding the good. Every person on your team has a skill set to offer. They don't all suck, okay? Find out what that skill set is and then give them tasks that allow them to actually use that skill set. By assessing for the positive within your team members, you're actually going to be able to use their strengths to move the team and project forward. All right, so now let's look at our jobs. And again, it's so easy to pick out all the tasks that we have to do that are stressing us out. (laughs) But every job has a why that is bigger than you. So you got to find the why. Stop hyper-focusing on all the pile of bricks that you have to lay and instead start visualizing the cathedral that you're actually trying to build. By assessing what you're in charge of and finding the good, the blessings, the purpose, and the why, it's not only going to give you a starting point of where you need to go next, but it's going to provide you with that constant stream of motivation that's going to keep you knowing what you need to do day in and day out because you know what your priorities are. And third in assessing what you're a steward of, you do have to find the gaps. It's important. You got to find the gaps of where the project team or position is now compared to where you want it to go, especially (laughs) when you're handing it back to whoever actually owns it. Now, this shouldn't be seen as a negative. It's just a discerning process. That's all it is. You need to know what your next step is as a leader, so you got to know the gaps. Assessing the gaps is going to provide you, again, with that discernment in what your priorities are and what actions you need to take to produce positive growth. And results. So in step one of stewardship, you have to assess for your priorities. Every good steward assesses what they're actually entrusted with so that they have clarity in their priorities and they can develop a plan for growth. And let me tell you one of the biggest lessons I learned as an educator. I cannot control the base level of skills or behaviors that my students walked into my classroom with. 
But after assessing their current levels, I for darn sure (laughs) am going to have a clear plan on how they're going to leave my classroom better, stronger, and more confident than they were when they entered it. So you as a leader in the leadership role need to see it the same way a teacher sees her classroom. You can't control the status of the project or team when they're given to you, when they're entrusted to you. But through quality assessment, you can absolutely gain clarity on your priorities and your path forward for producing positive results and growth. Once you've assessed to gain clarity on the status of your team or project, you move on to step two of stewardship, which is to invest. Now, to invest means that you provide and surround those under your care with the resources needed for growth. Now, while growth results and profit is the ultimate goal, none of those things can happen without investing in resources. And our resources can include a plethora of things like time, attention, support, coaching, tools, structure, and then yes, money. (laughs) Speaking of money, when people invest their money, the goal and honestly, the expectation really is to gain a return that is greater than the original investment. Now, of course, with any investment, there's going to be risk that you may not get a return on profit on the investment. So when people invest their money, they are hoping to gain that profit, but they invest it wisely to mitigate the risk. Being a good steward of our project, our teams, or our jobs is no different than a person investing money into their retirement account. The man that invests no money obviously is going to return no growth and no profit. The man that invests foolishly, he's going to risk great loss. And the man that invests wisely and has the patience to withstand the ups and downs of the market is going to put himself in a position for the greatest return possible. So as leaders, the same is true of us. Leaders that invest no resources in their people or projects are going to return nothing. The leaders that invest their resources foolishly, they're going to risk great loss. And the leaders that invest their resources wisely in their people and their projects, and they have the patience to coach the ups and downs of the job, are going to put themselves in the position for the greatest return possible. So where a lot of leaders go wrong with this step of stewardship is making the assumption that growth is automatic. It's not. (laughs) It's simple math. When you invest nothing, you get nothing. If you invest badly, you'll experience negative results. But if you invest wisely and be patient, you're going to experience a return on your investment. So let me say that again. Growth is not automatic. Unless you invest wisely in the resources you have, The team under your leadership is not going to automatically produce growth results and profits. In fact, you're going to risk great loss, loss of results, loss of profits, and loss of your best employees. So for example, you may have been, and I see this all the time, you may have been the best individual contributor ever, the best sales guy, the best marketer, the best accountant, technician, or teacher. But just because you produced results doesn't automatically mean that the team you lead is going to produce results. You need to invest in your growth as a leader and their growth as a team member. You can't walk in and say, oh, this is what I did. Just do what I did. Yeah, they're going to hate you. (laughs) Don't do that. Now, on the flip side, you may actually have the best individual contributor the company's ever known on your current team. But because you didn't invest in their growth, yeah, they're going to leave you. They're going to leave the company. People don't tend to leave companies. They leave bad managers. 
And here's another thing. Please get this. Osmosis never works. And inaction never accomplishes anything. Now, my husband Jason says this all the time. We have so many phrases that he says. I need to write a book just about the things he says. He says we should always be bent towards action. I know I'm biased because I'm married to the man, but I completely agree with him. We got to be bent towards action. If we're going to be good stewards of what is entrusted to our leadership, then we need to invest the resources needed to actually produce growth. What you invest today is going to affect your tomorrow. So no matter where you start, that doesn't even matter. Assess where you start. No matter where you start, don't stay there. Take action and invest in your priorities. Now, speaking of investing just in general, I love what Dave Ramsey says. He speaks to my country heart. So he has a phrase about diversification of investments. And he says, and I quote, money is like manure. Pile it up and it stinks. Spread it around and it'll grow stuff. I've used this manure concept so much in my leadership that I'm sure there are plenty of teachers out there in Texas who are still quoting me about manure and crap. (laughs) So when the pandemic hit and educators were literally freaking out, one of the first comments out of my mouth to the staff was, well, we can't control that we've been handed a pile of crap. So the only thing we can do is spread it around and grow something beautiful. And y'all, that's what we did. We invested our resources in our top priorities And we had the best school year that we could have possibly had, given the circumstances, given the big pile of manure that the pandemic handed education. So no matter what the status of your project or your team is in now, it's your job to make sure it doesn't stay there. Diversify your investment of resources around your priorities and watch what happens. Watch the growth. Investing resources is so much more than money. Nothing impacts a relationship more than investing time with another person. When we mismanage our time and our priorities, we're not making wise investments in our team, and we run a great risk at losing valuable employees. Great resignation, anybody. Hello. So are you present and visible to your teams? Or do you allow other non-important things to pull you away into useless meetings and tasks? Are you investing your time in your teams? Are you providing clear communication, emotional and physical safety, training, feedback and coaching? Or do you make assumptions and sweep things under the carpet because you're too uncomfortable to have the hard conversations? I heard John Maxwell say one time, and I just, he has so many quotes, they're so good. But he said one time that activity and accomplishment are not the same thing. I mean, how true is that statement? As leaders, we trick ourselves into thinking that our busyness equates to actually accomplishing things. And that's just not true. It's not true in our stewardship of our leadership positions, and it's not true in our stewardship of our health. And the easiest example I can think of is how many of us say that we're too busy to eat right and exercise. It's so much quicker to pull through the drive-thru and check our email until 10 o'clock at night and not get rest. We justify our actions by telling ourselves that We're busy working, but working for what? An early trip to the grave because we weren't good stewards of our health? Leaders, to be a good steward, you must not only assess your priorities, but you have to be intentional in making the investments needed to care for those priorities under your leadership. People are and will always be your greatest asset as a leader. So how are you investing in them? 
grow in stewardship as a leader, you need to first assess to clarify your priorities. Second, invest resources for growth. And then third, take accountability for the results. Step three of stewardship is all about accountability or responsibility for the results of our leadership. (laughs) We are a society that has played the victim card. You've heard me say this. We play the victim card too long and too much. We blame others for our current circumstances all the time. Leadership takes having a strong back to be able to carry the weight of responsibility for the current circumstances. Good leaders, essential leaders, don't point the finger and they don't pass the buck. They take action and they take responsibility for their actions. Accountable leaders do the hard things. They make the hard decisions and they have, oh Lord, do they? They have the hard conversations to move their teams and projects forward. Now, I'm sure you can sit there and name a million reasons why we, our team, and our project isn't progressing the way we thought they would. But to quote my husband again, we have to suck it up buttercup, accept responsibility, and move on. We have to stop identifying excuses and start identifying the bigger picture and the steps we need to take towards that picture. Stewardship doesn't lose its patience, riding the ups and downs of the market, supply chain constraints, or even the emotions of people. Stewardship is always about seeing the bigger picture and taking the next right step towards accomplishing the why. It's doing the best you can with what you've been given. Now, that's a phrase I want you to memorize and tell yourself. It's doing the best you can with what you've been given. In my personal experience of leading and my experience of coaching other leaders, people lose too much energy and momentum to worry, anxiety, and then looking over their shoulder for approval. While you, of course, do need to seek wisdom and advice from trusted advisors, people in general are becoming weak-minded in that they can't make a decision if it requires them to stand alone in order to move forward towards the bigger picture. People will sit an analysis paralysis of data or endless possibilities, and they'll fail to take action. That or we'll sit waiting for someone else to tell us who we are and what we need to do to reach our vision. And then we'll tell ourselves a story in our minds that we aren't to blame for our inaction. It's because we didn't know or because they didn't tell us. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) The weak mental states and fragile backbones of those in leadership have got to come to an end. Let leaders become empowered as stewards in charge of and accountable for how well they cared for their teams and their projects. Now, leaders, if your child was in danger, you wouldn't care about public perception. You'd rush to immediate action, remove any obstacle in your way, and be willing to stand alone if it meant saving your kid. But when it comes to caring for our employees, I have literally seen leaders too scared to do the simple things that should be common sense. I've seen leaders who are scared to ask about killing a sacred cow program at work that's time-consuming and adds absolutely no value to the work because of their fear of rejection. I mean, seriously, you're too scared to ask a question? All because of the big scary thought that, well, we've, we've always done it this way and they'd probably tell me no. Now, in her book, Braving the Wilderness, oh, how I adore thee, Brene Brown, and her chapter called Strong Back, Soft Front, and Wild Heart. This phrase has literally become one of my mantras of leadership. Strong back, soft front, wild heart. Leaders, you have to have a strong back. 
That is the number one thing you need (laughs) to not be crushed by the weight of responsibility, conflict, and problems that come with the position of leadership. Yes, people are looking to you to make the first move. You're the leader, so you gotta go first. We're also called to have a soft front in how we engage with others because relationships matter and how we speak and engage with other people can make or break the relationship. So have a soft front. Don't come in all guns a-blazing. And then leaders, you have to have that wild heart. You have to brave the wilderness alone, if need be, in order to do the next right thing. So the third leg of stewardship is not fearing accountability, but stepping up to the plate of accountability with that strong back, soft front, and wild heart. Don't be afraid to make the best decision you can based upon the reality of where you're at now. And yes, seek advice from others. But ultimately, you need to make the decision, the next right decision, the next right step. You need to decide knowing that you're going to be responsible for that decision. When we're held accountable for the results of our action or inaction, you better believe we step up our game. So here's the deal. Good stewards hold themselves accountable, even if their bosses don't. Now, let me say that again. (laughs) Leaders who are good stewards hold themselves accountable, even if their bosses don't. Now, put that tidbit of wisdom in your pipe and smoke it. To recap essential rock number six, stewardship. As leaders... We're to recognize that what we often call our own, (laughs) our talents, our job, our teams, our projects, and yes, even our families, they're really not ours at all. They're a gift from God that we are entrusted to care for. We need to remember to have the perspective of stewardship when it comes to people and things we lead, because at some point, they'll leave us. And we can grow in our stewardship by being intentional in assessing, investing, and becoming accountable for that which is under our leadership so that we're able to return it or pass it on to others in a better state than we found it. Stewardship of a team, a project, or a position is all about assessing the reality of where you stand now, investing resources towards the bigger picture for where you want to go, and accepting the accountability for the decisions you made in between. So to end this episode, I want to end it with a beautiful parable Jesus shares in the Bible about stewardship. Now, Jesus shares this parable about three servants entrusted with the owner's property and a certain number of talents. Now, I find it funny that this is the word they used because talents we think of as skills. But in the Bible, a talent is the context of money. It's about 20 years worth of wages for a laborer. So just to put some simple math on it. If a laborer today made $40,000 a year, one talent, uh, 20 years worth, would be about $800,000. And two talents would be about $1.6 million. And five talents would be about $4 million. So now in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, Jesus explained that the owner was going on a journey and he gave five talents to one servant. And to another, he gave two talents. And to the third servant, he gave one talent. Now, the servant with the five talents and the servant with the two talents, they promptly took action. And they, over time, doubled the money they were entrusted with. They invested wisely. But the man who received the one talent went and hid it in the ground. 
Now, when the owner returned, he looked down at the servants that took action and produced growth with the talents that they were given. And he told them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I'm going to set you over much. But when the servant with the one talent told the master that he was scared to take action for fear of the owner, so he hid the talent in the ground and wanted to return that talent as is, the owner was furious at his inaction. The owner then took the one talent away and gave it to the servant that had five. And he said to the lazy servant, you should have at least invested the money with the bank so I would have received some sort of interest. And then he cast the servant out. Now, each and every one of you listening has been given true talents, skills, and positions of influence over people, whether it's your family, a team, or an entire organization. What are you going to do with those talents? Are you going to hide them away out of fear? Are you going to put them to work to invest and grow the people around you? Remember, essential leaders focus on stewardship of the people and projects that they have been entrusted to lead. So how are you going to grow in stewardship within your leadership position? Until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master.